Welcome to this week's episode of The Nero Show, your home of unfiltered cycling chat. In today's episode... Francis Cade starts a podcast and heads to Unbound. Apple release a potentially game-changing addition to the Apple Watch. Does the mammal still exist in the wild? It turns out we were wrong. Everyone loves all-road bikes. Or do they? And how do we see ourselves riding when we get older? Let's get into it. All right, big week, big show, Jesse. I want to start us off with some YouTube discussion, all right, right, because uh, the big man himself, the big wig, the Michael Corleone, the godfather, has joined the podcast cycling ranks. Any thoughts going in with with such a big name joining us? Looks like the Nero show, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I saw when it popped up. They did give us a shout. I thought I got about 45 minutes in. I think, are you boys going to mention that it's very much like the Nero show? And they did... Bring us up about halfway through. I was like, yep, okay, cool. I'm all good now. No beef. Podcast beef is cleared. I, do, I was going to yeah. save this save this for later, but like my biggest issue was, so we finished recording last week yep. and then finally I went and ordered some cloth for this room and I was thinking there, thinking, I'm like, okay, what will I do? We'll go for black. We'll go for black, blah, blah, blah. I made the big order, put it in, et cetera, et cetera. So put that through. And then woke up the next day to see Francis's podcast. And, of course, it's all black, studio black lit. And I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) This is not going to look good next week. Anyway, shout to Dad for helping me with this during the week. But anyway, what do you think? Do you watch it? Do you listen to it? Listen to the whole thing? Good. I mean, people, it's funny in the comments. It's uh, I'm so glad they did it because there's not many. I mean, we got – we didn't come up with this. I – the first sort of thing I saw that I was like, oh, I'd like to do something like that, but better was was GCN show. Um, so that's where we got this idea from. So yeah, the more people he doing cycling podcasts and more people listening, they then, yeah, people just get used to long form cycling content and maybe we get more views. 100%. Well, well, I'm going to be totally selfish about this. Like from, from our perspective, it's a, it's a good thing purely on an audience basis. So I had a quick look at last week's show, our, our show last week, and 11.5% of people who watched that show was from Francis's cycling video. So, you know, it would have been a suggested yep. video right next to it. YouTube sees that and pushes you over here. So, like, being purely selfish about the thing, it's a really good thing. Two things I want to say on about it. Like, the, the first is... The only kind of downside from our perspective, I think, is the topics because obviously we, we're kind of going to orbit the same zone when yeah. it comes to topics, right? And so I'm a bit torn because I want to watch it. I really want to watch the show just because I like I like the guys. But I don't want to like, you know, hear their topic and be like, oh, yeah, that would be that'd be interesting. Maybe we should. So I kind of like that one step removed type, yeah. type stuff. Um, the other thing is, and I thought this was interesting – they did. They have tried to do the clips channel, so the clips channel being the shorter, you know, five to ten minute thing that is discussed throughout the show. So for people essentially who don't want to watch the whole thing, or it's like a gateway to get you into it, it's it's. I'll be really, really interested to see how that goes because we sort of tried it, and it just didn't kind of work. I didn't ha- know how to do it. So I think that will be that will be an interesting way. But we didn't really. I mean, we tried. We did it with like one episode. You did a few sort of Instagram reels using. It's just so much more work. I mean, by the by the time you've already done the show for the week and uploaded, and then if, if it really feels like it's three or four days, 
that's it. And then you're doing the next one anyway. I mean, to do that whole other channel and then they're doing a whole new series of thumbnails and titles. Holy crap. See, it's I a lot more work. I don't mind that. Maybe, maybe I'm still stuck in this thing of I don't – I wouldn't like my subscriber or whoever just to get like 14 videos from me in the space of a week. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I just got to get over that because obviously you got to think beyond that to get out to a, to a big audience. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it works or I can already tell it's working for them because one of their clip ones came into my home feed and I already watched the full show. So clearly it works. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the algorithm, just quickly, I don't understand. So I watched the whole show. I watched all of that podcast. Mm -hmm. But that podcast stayed on my homepage for a week. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get rid of it. I'm like, I've watched the bloody thing. <laughs> Stop recommending me this. I don't know, Francis. I reckon I reckon you've – there's Because nah. uh, nah. the Nero show does it for mine. Oh, does it? I've watched it and it sits in there. I think because I click it and sometimes go back and look at the comments. Yeah. YouTube knows that I will probably click it again. Yeah. And then maybe if – I mean, I have YouTube premium, so I don't watch the yeah. ads, but there's potentially I'm watching series of ads over and over again just to go and look at the comments. Uh, the only thing of substance that came from the show that truly shocked me was that Jimmy is 37. 37? Yeah. Anyway, that's tough winters in oh, the dear. north of England for Jimmy. Mate, get yourself down here to Australia. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll uh, put a bit of youth into you. Anyway, um, anything else on YouTube or is it just all about... Why would you call him the Godfather? Where well, did that come from? Well, he's the, he's the, the main man, the big week. I, is mate, Francis, so you think Francis K is the godfather of cycling YouTube? Yeah, okay. It, Not maybe, vegan? Is vegan a bigger name? Okay. I thought you were going to say Cam might be the godfather. Cam Nichols? Yeah. No. No? No. Okay. All right. Yeah. Not broad enough. Cam's very yeah. is still relatively niche in the training and equipment side. That's true. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe but it is vegan. He's got more subs. I don't know. What's it Cade's say? got 240. Vegan's got 220. Yeah, right. Okay. It's close. <laughs> it's I very just, close. Yeah, and I suppose they're both trying to build brands outside. Yeah, okay. I, I, don't, I don't know. Vote now. Let us know your thoughts. Who is the godfather of cycling YouTube? Not that we want to always bring up our own bloody Let's navel topics gaze. on this Let's thing. navel gaze. Let's get into it. But shit, we put our foot in it with GC, didn't we? Yeah. That was that was yeah. like, yeah. oh dear, we are uh, seemingly out of touch. I've totally misread the audience, to be honest. I, we come on here almost every week talk about aero this and what savings that and performance and this and that. And apparently most of the audience has one bike and they ride on the road once a month, it would seem, uh, which was quite shocking, quite strange. I was totally done by this. Um, and I've, whether... Yeah, I, I think this is a good opportunity for us to potentially check ourselves um, in terms of in terms of that. But like you, I don't quite understand this. It, it's like there's it's almost like a two-speed economy happening here because some of the biggest videos and the biggest engagement we have on this show is with topics around marginal gains, speed, performance, et cetera, et cetera. And so we, I suppose... We're under the impression that that was what our audience were writing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Turns out that's either not the case, or our audience is broader than that, or 
the people who agreed with us about the one bike thing just agreed with us by nodding their heads mm. on the show and didn't didn't say anything. <laughs> um, I mean, there's yeah, but I think the way we said it must have been quite inflammatory because it yes. feels like this docile group of people that yeah, I've, I wouldn't even say are enthusiasts or essentially recreational cyclists that probably haven't left a comment before suddenly went, hey, fuck you, I only need one bike. And we're like, whoa, whoa, just, uh, yeah, just back off there. I'm going to double down. I'm going to freaking double down. I stand by what I say. Uh, if you're into perform, even enthusiast level in either category, you're going to probably want a specific bike for that. And I would also say most of the people watching this video have more than one bike. I'm going to say it. I think that's a great poll that I probably should have put up and completely forgot about it. But, yeah, I, I, I do. I do agree. I do agree. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then the thing just on the award, the, so the people sort of saying, well, I have one bike, I have a, you know, a Focus CX bike that I there right on the road. That's fine. You can go on secondhand marketplace and buy a secondhand gravel bike and use it for both. That's cool. But that doesn't need to have an award, a performance-based award for bike of the year. That's meant to, the bike of the year is meant to be something that's really advanced and is doing things other things haven't and is really performing well by definition someone that rides on the road once a month and does a couple of k's off-road doesn't need a performance bike hmm. that bike's existed for years it's called a gravel bike and you put some road wheels on so that's what that's my point is bike of the year is a, an award to credit performance not just a bike that can kind of do everything i, I feel like we do walk oh is it too much navel gazing uh. We do walk this line, 100%. We see it every week that we are elite racers who are out of touch with the majority of people riding a bike. Is, is there a comeback to that or do we just well, have to accept it? The only it? comeback I have to that is people care about performance, whether you race, whether we're, okay, we race, but the com the conversations that happen, uh, Dylan Johnson aero testing his gravel bike gets 150,000 views. There's clearly an appetite to know what's good, what's not, what performs well, what doesn't, regardless of whether you race or not. So I think it's just, I would say it's a bit of a cop-out for the people commenting saying, well, we don't race, so therefore we don't care about that. But people do care. That's yeah. That's what. That, that's why there's hundreds of threads on forums discussing the ins and outs of this stuff. It's because it's... We are not path-less travelled. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's a YouTube channel, over 100,000 subs, and he's a... rides around in his street clothes... And his review of that particular bike would probably be very, very relevant to his audience. We're, we're not that. But I will say I love the reception. I love the reaction. Keep it coming. And we're not going to spend every week just navel-gazing back to <laughs> what we talked about last week. But I absolutely love the fact that everyone got involved in that chat and came back to us and forced us to check ourselves. And then we doubled down. <laughs> That's the way these things work. But it's true. Isn't it? I did say it's my opinion. You can totally disagree 100%. in the comments. I don't really care. Yep, 100%. It's interesting. So Francis might have uploaded a podcast, but that was not the biggest thing in cycling YouTube this week. An event in Kansas took place. Did you know, Jesse? An event took place in Kansas. And, um, yeah, look, massive. This I haven't, I don't think experienced anything like this on the platform ever where it's any any everything from fully produced GCN videos the biggest creators everyday vloggers someone with a GoPro <laughs> literally 
I have not <laughs> received this amount of tidal wave of content, yep. I think, ever. Um, product stuff, all the product stuff to come out of it with um, Dave Arthur and the uh, GRX updates, all that kind of stuff, unreleased tech. I'm conflicted on this because I have a lot of interest in who wins Unbound. I'm on Twitter looking through the results. The podium interests me from a, from a racing point of view. It's obviously with all these guys that are professional, they're performing at such a high level. I care about that. All the other stuff, I don't care. And I also kind of don't get it. I don't. It's just sort of so popular and it's not for me. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit the opposite, actually, to be honest with you. The, the elite side of it doesn't really do much for me. Maybe it's just the, the I can only handle so much elite cycling in my space. I don't know. I, I am actually more interested in the, the kind of punter stuff from it. Having said that, most of the time I watch these sort of things and I go, shit, that looks cool. Like I'd, I'd kind of, I could get around that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll train for that. I'll get the, the equipment to go do that. i got to say, I watched a lot of that stuff and I went uh, bikepacking trip through peanut butter mud. Not particularly the most exciting thing I've ever seen in my life. Like the first five minutes of Francis's video was him walking through a slop fest. Yep. Not quite cutting through for me. There was basically. a good Reddit thread on this actually. Someone said, why is Unbound so great again? And someone said it's tough mudder people with bike level disposable <laughs> income. I, I that's I'm kind of on the same page as this Reddit thread. I, I don't I I don't get it. I mean, even as a as an outlet for the enthusiast cyclist looking for a challenge, this is gonna sound bad, but to me, to me it's a bit soft. Doing one of these things. I'm a go and do a Grand Fondo. I think this is maybe reflective of the events that are available in the US. Maybe there's just not enough road stuff, but something where you really train for and there's a results and it's really based on how well you've performed. To me, this is re- it really is like running an ultra marathon. It's just it's it's more about the participation and 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 that sort of thing, but it's masqueraded as this performance-based thing, which I don't think it is. Am I making any sense here? Is this... Oh, I think you've just triggered a whole new community of uh, of online cyclists. Um, as an experience, as a, an event, epic, all, all those words still continue to exist in, in this event for you. Mm-hmm. But it's the... It's not something I would ever look for, but... It, I can appreciate there's people that want that. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yep. Yep. My my biggest issue with it is I I wish there was a way that the mechanical stuff wouldn't impact the results as much as it occurs. And I know that's almost part of the skill of like writing this sort of stuff, but I'm just really sick of reading like, oh, my derailer broke. Oh, my, I got six flats. And that's... Like that happens. Like look at the shit they had to ride through. Of course that happens. I just wish there was a way to get the epicness and the all the, the stuff that seems to come with this and not have not have it affected by that because I always I read like people's little reviews on Instagram about like their race and I always get bummed out because I'm like, ah, shit, so you're in the front group and then like that happened. I'm like, fuck, that's uh, – it's like – 
I almost have FOMO for them. Like mm. I, even like Tyler's thing, he did DNF'd his thing. I'm like, I wish that stuff didn't happen, but I, I get to have the experience of Unbound. You've got to have all those variables in there. Right, you come here for the absolute big chats. You come here for the big chats. This one's been burning away at me. This is where everyone unsubscribes. But I want to ask you a question, Jesse. Is the mammal dead? Uh, is the okay. mammal as... Here's, here's my point. Mm-hmm. The mammal as we know it has died. The mammal that I was... I was? Was? Yeah, I'm going to say was. I was and that I grew up around has, has passed away. And by that, I mean the completely oversized, massive kits that are 12 sizes too big, the pockets with 800 bananas just dolloping out the side. Um, You know, I I will flash a few pictures up of of that mammal. I know there's still one or two around, but I feel like that either that person has been bullied potentially by their by their mates and has maybe got matching kit on now and just generally the the full slop fest that was the mammal mm-hmm. is no longer yep i agree but they're not they haven't gone they shifted so i there's not that many mammals anymore but there's mammals the millennial man in lycra so the mammal from yesterday. Has anyone ever used that before? No. Can we go ahead and coin that? Yeah. Quick trademark. Yeah. Just get rid of the A. Yeah. They're all mammals. Okay. So it's you go in, they still exist because I was walking the dog in Centennial Park on a Sunday morning last weekend. And there's mammals. So they're not middle-aged anymore. It's now the 20 to 25-year-old who's getting into road cycling, who has now filled the role of the mammal. And now your your 50 or 40-year-old mammal is too fashionable. They're gone. They, they, they're done up. They're on. The bikes yeah, are too good. Yeah. They, they have too much disposable income. They, they look the part. They look too cool. And now it's the 20 to 25-year-old who is actually filling the mammal role in the community. And there's plenty of them. Yeah. I, 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 that's really interesting. I had not, I had not considered mm-hmm. the new generation of, of Mumu. Is, the, is that new generation running the cap underneath? The helmet, or will that yep. all? Yes, all of the all of the previous the, the socks that are just slightly above the ankle, the bandana under the helmet, it, it's all there. Um, and they're but they're yet yeah, they're definitely younger. They're definitely younger because the, you used to get into road cycling when you were, you know, thirty five, forty. Now it's now you're coming in younger, a lot of the time. Is this a bad thing? Like by that I mean like, okay, I, I've potentially made this worse by doing a couple of videos about, you know, not wearing certain things with certain things and having a bit of fun with that. But that complete, that mammal that I was probably talking to in that video, just personally looking around, I haven't seen as many. The classic sign for me was the previous years or 10-year-old Fondo jerseys Mm -hmm. from that they might have done many, many years ago. 25-year-old. Rocks that. The problem is, here's the problem. Interesting. The younger fellas, they moved through that stage so quick. So mm. that you used to have like you'd have a, a 50-year-old mammal, but he's been a mammal for 10 years. Now you might have a mammal, but they're only a mammal for 
a year. Oh, so the transition and took, phase. And, and mm. bang, they're on, mm. you know, they're on Neo Pro and they got the stuff that looks good and they got the high socks and they're out of mammal stage within six to eight months. Well, that's it. I mean, yeah. everyone, you probably didn't, but everyone really does start as a, as a mammal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. But they yeah. still, they still exist. It's just, yeah, they're in and out very quick. What kind of makes younger. me a bit sad about it is like the, the mammal, the, the, what is it? The, the OG mammal was quite proud. I felt yep. was it, was a, was a badge of honor. Right. Mm. I feel that's, that's a bit sad that that sort of is moved on mm. in a sense. Okay. And also say with the mammal, they're not necessarily roadies. Mammals were roadies. They were hundred mm. percent roadies. Mm-hmm. Now the, the mammal might also do triathlon and they're, maybe they're running and they're, they're very much a multi-sport. Maybe they go to the gym yeah, quite okay. a few times too. So it's a different, it's a, it's the same idea. It's just a different twist. Mm. All right, let us know down below, guys. Is the mammal dead? Is there now a, what'd you call it? A mammal. Mammal. <laughs> Which is the, I don't, say this, say it out again. There's no A. Just say mammal without the A. Oh, right. It's just a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever ridden wheels with carbon spokes? You're a mammal. You've still yeah. got the fondo glue from the ha, seat ha, number. Ha, wait for it. That's Cooper Sayers' bike. Oh. Cooper, that's your bike, by the way. Ah. Just to let you know. Yeah. There you go, Coop says. Jeez. Hurry up and turn pro so I can say turn <laughs> people and say, hey, that's Cooper Sayers' bike. Yeah, there you go. Um, that was his graft into Inverell. That was, I think, the last time he rode that oh, two years yeah. ago. Mm. Good, good chat. Never no made one's it back. Anyone <laughs> no idea what they're talking about. Have you ever ridden carbon spokes? Yeah, I've got them on my uh, wind space. Oh. Things. It's, I it's, don't like them. Ooh. So, okay. What uh, I've been thinking about this. Uh, the the they're very light the wind space mm-hmm. ones, but they're so stiff. I'll I've got them. I'll run them at seventy psi. I, this could be in my head, but they don't absorb the uh, bumps and the roughness as well as my my regular spoked carbon wheels. I'm not sure if that's maybe the rim or the spokes, but some of those wind space wheels with the super light they perform well. They're stiff. But if I'm going out for 150k, I prefer a regular spoked, spoked wheel. And even with the regular spoked wheel, it doesn't make them any less laterally stiff. I don't get brake rub. It's just that they seem to, they're nicer to ride. I think that maybe it's because of the spokes. I actually, I haven't spent any time researching why. I just feel that's because they're like for me. They are the in fashion item, right? The yep. must have item now. And as the, we had that chat with Joe, seemingly they're pretty cheap to produce, but. The reason I asked that question is, so your other wheels you have are those Cadex ones which were hand-built, is that Caden right? Caden ones. Caden yeah. ones, yeah. which were the hand-built ones. Yeah. So what I kind of thought was interesting, and they're not And then I've got the Vision Metrons. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I suppose where I was taking this was you really liked the hand, you felt like there was a balance to the hand-built wheel. He balances them. Yes. Okay. Yes, yep. Oh, can you do that with carbon? So the, where I'm taking this okay. is like, is there, I wonder if there's value in the hand-built carbon spoked wheel because your um, commentary on the, I've never ridden carbon spokes, but your commentary on them sound pretty similar to what I've heard pretty from a lot of people. And I wonder whether like this is an angle for the, the hand-built person to come in and go, well, whoa, 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 I can, I can tune this shit. 
You, yeah, I wonder. So uh, just on the balancing, you can balance your own wheels. You can just use like weight strips on the outside. The Caden guy balances them internally so you can't see the weight. You would have no idea that they're balanced, so that's kind of nice. But the – can you – I don't know. So I don't know if you so can do the – can you, can you adjust mm, the tension mm, or is that, that just the, is that just what a carbon spoke is? It's stiffer and it kind of beats you up a bit. Or, yeah. Now, is it is it the death of the handmade wheel? Because then you're like, well, if you can't tune this and everyone wants carbon spokes, well then, mm, what do I do now? So I don't know. I, I kind of... I, th- I think that the wheel builder, the the day of the hand-built wheel was go- gone five years ago. Interesting. For, for, for your bog standard, nothing specific. I just want a well-built wheel that oh, yeah. doesn't rub. Factor machines can spoke, tension them up fine. There's still a, a place for, I don't know, if you're 150 kilos and you need something with a you know outside of spec, outside of the norm, and yeah, you go to wheel builder and they can build something up specific. Maybe, maybe. Well, what's a what's well, a what's a wheel builder adding that a machine can't do? Well, my my thing was that if a, if if you can wheel build a carbon spoked wheel to make it feel like an alloy spoked wheel then there's value add there. But I'm sure a machine could do that. It's just how they've set the machine up to, mm. to, to tension the spokes. Interesting. Let us know down below. Carbon spokes, can you tune them? <laughs> right, it's been about six months since we've talked about any tech on this channel because no one's interested except me, but I am going to talk about it because I'm actually genuinely excited. I'm positive. This is going to be positive, Chris, Jesse. So okay. look out. Okay? I'm ready. Yeah, let's go. Get ready for it. So first up... Um, the Apple Watch uh, new software update, um, oh, uh, Apple Watch 10, is being released in September, mm-hmm. and this will integrate third-party power sensors, cadence sensors to the native app on the Apple Watch. Cool. Okay? Okay. So essentially what's happening here is the Apple Watch is going to be turned into a device that will accept power from any Bluetooth-enabled power meter any cadence, power meter, all that kind of stuff is being put into here and into the native Apple workout app. That's that's the key. This is not a third-party thing. It's gone into the na- native one. Now, on top of that, APIs are being released because uh, it was released at the WWDC, which is like the developer conference thing. So they've released the uh, APIs, which will allow um, other platforms, things like Training Peaks, Today's Plan, to integrate into that and potentially develop their own apps around that. So ultimately you can see stuff like workouts being pushed to your Apple Watch, all that kind of stuff. There's FTP detection, which is kind of a thing as well. But the big one for me is what's the Apple Watch workout app is allowed to be shared to your iPhone. Currently that's not the case. So what that will mean is you can start the Apple Watch, you can start the workout on your Apple Watch and then that display essentially will be mirrored on your phone. So okay. all those people who uh, have just the phone set up can now use that and they'll be able to see their power, see their heart rate, see their cadence, use a, a pretty fully fledged bicycle computer app from their uh, phone mounted out in front so you're not riding along trying to look at your watch or anything like that and mm-hmm. um, on your bars. Okay? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Does this matter to you, Jesse? Actually, I don't care if it matters to you because here are the numbers. 
Okay, here are the numbers. Yep. There are about 40 million Apple Watches sold every year. Yep. There's approximately 7 million Garmin devices sold every year. Now, not every one of those are cycling related by any stretch of the imagination. 40 million Apple Watches, suddenly there's 40 million people walking around with a solidly performing bicycle computer on their wrist at any moment. And they can just go straight onto a trainer, straight onto anything and have something to record their, their setup. This is, this is pure, this is great for our sport from a pure numbers basis, a pure mass, mass market basis being put in there. And from what I understand, this is the first time, this is the first sport Apple have essentially allowed third-party sensors to be paired to the Apple Watch. So that's almost Apple saying, oh, shit, that's a sport that we'd like to get into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sorry, but we've I've sat here for years and complained about the state of tech in this in this particular sport, and it does hold hold us back. This is going to change that. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe this is going to change that. It feels very strange having Apple doing FTP detection. <laughs> like Apple cares what my FTP is? It's it's cool. That's strange. That's yeah. So okay. a couple of other things worth mentioning on this thing. Um, they're also going to integrate topographic maps. That won't be at that level. So f- you know, for people going to that next level, that's probably not a reality. The, the other concern will be around Bluetooth functionality with power meters. As you know, Bluetooth Bluetooth connectivity, basically every power meter company has their own bizarre protocol for Bluetooth. So there's no one specific one. Potential issue, but we're also talking about Apple here. So how many power meter companies are there? 40 maybe? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Apple can get 40 power meters in and sort that out pretty easily mm-hmm. as, as things progress along. But yeah, um, for me, I just feel like this is a really po- – it's potentially something that I won't use. I don't really see. But for anyone, especially the COVID people coming into the sport now, like do you need to go out and buy a Garmin when you have – you got an Apple Watch? Like I, I don't think you do. And all those people on trainers, suddenly you've got Who, – Who is this for? There's not that many people with power meters, are there? In, in the recreational space, if someone's got an Apple, or, or is it more for trainers? I'm struggling to see Apple being like, oh, there's all these enthusiast cyclists with power meters who need somewhere to connect to. Is it more for the Peloton stay indoor side of things? Uh, I, I feel initially it's it's more for the triathlon crowd. Uh, definitely more more the triathlon crowd because that the watch is a thing in triathlon, obviously, yep. because yep. that monitors your three different disciplines. Mm. So I definitely see see that there but this is okay who's it for now in cycling i don't know i don't know the answer to 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 that but the fact that who's it going to be for in five or ten years that's that's more of an interesting one something i don't see unless there's that's what i'm kind of getting at like is there some other avenue that we haven't thought of that they're intending this to be used for seems like a lot of work to put in i don't think it is a lot of work just just allowing a third party sensor to, to come in it was that the app was already really there ready to go they just needed this this additional thing to yeah but with apple like okay might not be a lot of work but in the ui everything it, it, 
it, you know, what Apple's like. It's like heaven and earth just to include a fingerprint sensor. So, yeah, there's... But maybe that's... The, for me, that's even more exciting that, like, a company like Apple look at cycling and go, shit, this, this, that's a sport that's going to grow. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, that's... That's kind of hmm. that's that's the thing. There's def- that's right. Yeah. There's definitely some. Or and this is kind of maybe more of a reality. They looked at our sport and went, "Oh, we only have to compete with that shit. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> that can't be hard." <laughs> like, I honestly think that's probably more of a more of a take here. Yeah. Oh, like what does a Garmin do? Oh, it shows you your power and records a file. Oh, and it has a map. And it syncs okay. every maybe three weeks when you're on a Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah. And you've got to use this thing called Garmin. Ca- oh, oh, get me off this. Yeah. yeah okay. And they charge what? Yeah. Well, the I mean, screen Apple looks like that. what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm tried to get, I'm going to try and get on the beta testing program for this. I did actually message uh, DC Rainmaker to give me his thoughts on, cause he has it. He's been using it. No offense. No offense taken DC that you haven't replied to me. That's all right. Probably it's in your it's in your DMs, um, yeah. So I, I'm going to try and try and get around that because I'm pretty excited about it. And um, while we are on tech, um, this now doesn't seem as exciting, but I, I thought it was potentially interesting earlier in the week okay. that um, cr- the Crew Two have had a big UI update, and it looks very Garminy. So the the biggest issue with with Gar- with the Crew Two, what are you shaking your head at, <laughs> like? This is a thing. This is a thing. It looks completely. Is this different. is the Android phone head unit thing, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it, it it's the, the issue with it has always looked that the the font has been very thin and <laughs> it's looked like a I don't know like like some someone's forgotten how to actually design anything on a screen. <laughs> okay. Got nice little boxes. Put it all together very very neatly. It's very Garmin esque. Um, yeah, I think it works works quite nicely. I'm not going to use it because. But quite... wasn't the point that it was different from all the other things? I guess if, that maybe they've they've just if it looks more like Garmin. Well, more by Garmin in the sense that things are in boxes. Okay, so okay. what the initial thing with um, the Karutu was there was there was lines uh, intercepting diff- the different fields, but they were all aligned far right and far left. Okay. So it was this. It kind of looked like a, a weird spreadsheet that was the wrong way around. Okay. And now basically you've got <laughs> coloured boxes that have put the the different data into those fields, mm. and it looks it actually surprisingly what difference that makes. Wow. Jeez, mm. they've come far. Come good, far. Good work, Hammerhead. Yep. Well done. Yep. I'm not usually an uh, equipment frother, but I was on Instagram the other day. Uh, Embassy Bike Shop in Mossman shared a photo of this. Custom, it's the Pinarello My Way custom paint. It was sort of this light blue to dark oh, blue. Oh, I saw that. Shaded dogma. And I looked at it. I was like, wow, that looks awesome. Left a comment. And then throughout the day, I kept going back. I'm like, shit, that looks good. Left it. A couple hours later, open. Oh, shit, that does look good. I cannot get this blue dogma <laughs> out of my brain. I shared it to Instagram. I was so obsessed with it. I shared it on my story because I was like, people have to see this. <laughs> And I just, it's very rare that a bike I look at and I just go, oh, my God, that is amazing. I found it. Uh, that's my new dream bike. Is there anything for you, any bikes you've seen? It's so weird you said that because I, I remember having that reaction to Bradley Wiggins, Team Wiggins, Edition Dogma. 
which I think is 2016. I'll, I'll flash a was photo. It a white one? It's the white one. Okay. Yeah. With the his kind of logo on it, and that maybe it was that with that uh, Team Wiggins kit, that Rafa Team Wiggins kit at the time. That's still burnt <laughs> into my brain. Yeah. Like, and that bike up there was kind of a little bit of because which I was trying to get the pearl white that he had in that mm. on on that as well like it's still burnt into my brain that one so 100% how do you want to grow old as a cyclist yep jesse mm-hmm. all right because you don't have to use me as an example but i just want to be like you Chris. you want to be like me but i'm embarrassing all right so he's all right the the reason i bring this up is yeah i'm 41 still prioritizing performance and then racing as as my cycling, okay? Mm-hmm. And I don't think about this much, but, like, I'll turn up to a crit and there I am, like, bleeding through my eyeballs <laughs> on a Sunday morning <laughs> with a bunch of 16-year-olds <laughs> and, you know, getting around, all right? And I, I come away from that, like, loving it, I think. Mm-hmm. But then I sort of think to myself, like, are those other are those other blokes <laughs> laughing at me like what the fuck is that guy doing? Get over yourself. And then other the guys my age and older like just like seeing pictures of me or or I post something about it and going like what are you doing? Like so, and I'm not doing things because what other people think, but like I did I did want to step away a little bit and because obviously I'm not riding as mm. much at the moment after having long COVID seemingly, um, and I'm like looking back at it going. Oh, like is that is that embarrassing? Is that like mm. embarrassing dad stuff? Like, okay, and then I come back to you. When you're over forty, would hey, would you see yourself doing that? Uh, yes. Just because it well, firstly because it's fun, and it's also just a hobby. Like, I don't see it, it's fun. Like, it, it's a hobby. It's it's what we do, it's what we do. I yeah, I don't think it's embarrassing at all. The only thing is. Um, there are definitely people that take have taken it too far and kind of regret it. Like Liam Kelly, for example, is it, people in Sydney will know who he is. I see him post on Facebook all the time, and he's he and it leaves comments on other things. And you can tell he he regrets how much time and energy he spent being so competitive into into road cycling. He doesn't live in Sydney anymore. He moved to Byron Bay, and now he he still rides. I think he rides his gravel bike and just sort of rides for fun. And he kind of sees other people that are seemingly doing similar to him, and he re- he leaves public comments being like, "You can, you're worth more than this. You can contribute yeah, other ways. Yeah. Like, don't waste your time doing it." So he's obviously quite scarred by the what he feels is way too much effort he put into into cycling. So there's definitely you can go down that route. I mean, I don't think you feel similar in the the level you're racing at. No, I'm completely the opposite. Like it it. But but th- maybe this is this is the point is that it it's part of my identity, like competitive performance, bike riding is part of my identity. It's it's what I think about a lot of the time, <laughs> like it really is. And I, I uh, my the time I spend on the bike is normally pretty focused a lot mm-hmm. of the time. And I think to myself, and I'm riding not to big up myself, but it's focused on doing stuff normally. And I'm riding past people a lot. 
And I kind of think to myself, like, maybe I'd be having more fun <laughs> if I was that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like the slow dude. And then like the, the, the fast guy goes past and you go, ugh, stupid wasting his time type thing. Like I, it's, and some of this comes from the, the YouTube comments, obviously, and he was talking about being an elite racing bubble and all that crap. And I'm like, elite racing bubble? Me? Really? But yeah, and I, I kind of think, oh, maybe maybe they're onto something here. <laughs> but then I love what I'm doing so much that I've, to step away from that for me would just, I would feel like I'm losing so much. No, I reckon for every person that looks at someone fast racing and goes, geez, they're a bit full on into it. There's two other people that are in the same situation and go, oh, geez, I wish I was that good at this. Mm. So, and they're kind of jealous they're not that good. So I, I think there's probably, or envious, maybe not jealous. But uh, no, I don't. No, I wonder, I, I I wonder so. if, if there's like a, an indicator that you are like going the Liam Kelly route <laughs> of it being too, too much of your life. I, mm. I don't know. And that's why I, I asked you in the first place because, you know, you, you, I, I agree. I mean, you're a life cyclist. And we, we talked about this the other week, the difference between like we're lifers, right? Mm. And for me, a lifer, I hope to think, will be like racing a handicap in group six when I'm 78 and burgling up the the scratch group and raising my arms. Like that's a lifer for me. Right, okay. Like, yeah. I hope it's for me, but I also hope I still enjoy it when I'm doing that. Whereas I can't predict. Maybe in 10 years I won't like cycling anymore. I won't do it. But I don't. I hope if that's the case, I don't force myself to do it. Mm, but I would hope a- I do enjoy doing it and then – that, that, that would be the best case. It's such yeah. a hard one. Like the, you said, like to force yourself to do it because there are days as someone who is performance focused that you are forcing yourself well, to do it. Well, comes to this question. Okay. For, is cycling for you a sport, a hobby, or an exercise? It can be more than one, more than one. I'll answer, I'll, I'll answer for me first. I fluctuate between it's a sport, meaning I race and it's competitive, and exercise in that it's just a thing I do for 45 minutes to an hour in the day to get exercise. I fluctuate back and forth between those different times of the year. The hobby side, I feel like I do – it's not really a hobby because I spend so much time doing already everything I do with cycling that it's kind of more work as I just not really hobby. So for me, sport and exercise, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Sport Yep. and lifestyle. Like it, it, it's uh, a hobby. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Lifestyle kind of goes into the hobby bucket. It's kind of entertainment and it's sort of, it's just, yeah, f- ticking a hobby. Yeah. A ho- hobby. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think I have to explain. Hobby. Yeah. 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 I mean the, the sport element being the, the competitive element to it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but see, there's, there's all the stuff off the bike for me that it's not, it's not performance based as such, but there's all this other cycling that i consume watching cycling youtube that's that's hobby bucket okay yeah all right mm-hmm. yeah well then sport and the exercise element is not as relevant to me i don't i don't feel um mm. yeah okay interesting mm. i reckon there's not that many i reckon there's few for the people watching this video i would say most are hobby and exercise Based off last week's uh, GC performance, there's not there's less in the sport category, um, and probably less overall in the exercise. I don't think people if you kind of get into 
road cycling it's got a bit more than just being exercise because that's a that's a lot of ducks to get in a row just to do some exercise. Yeah. 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 That'll be interesting to see. We'll check back in. Mm-hmm. 12 years' time. Yep. See if you're still riding. <laughs> Racked it. 12 years' time. Maybe I'll finally get around a Bowie crit. Life goals. Anyway, let us know your thoughts down below, guys. Sport, exercise, or hobby. Or all three. Thanks again for watching today, guys. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Check out Jesse's channel. And as always, please share this video on to anyone who you think might enjoy it. All right, we will see you next week. Jesse Coyle. See you next week.